Most parents that I know want their children to be happy and healthy when they grow up. But by nature, children imitate those around them. So the question then is, are parents modeling the life that they wish for their kids? So the giant question is this, how do we as parents, teachers, school administrators, policymakers, coaches, how do we prepare our kids for a future that doesn't yet exist? All while making them healthier, more creative, more innovative, better problem solvers, and overall successful contributors to society. That is the question, and this podcast has the answers. My name is Coach Mike, and welcome to the MindFit Method Podcast. Hey, everybody, what's going on? I'm Coach Mike, and welcome to this episode of the MindFit Method Podcast. All right, so today I want to talk about something because I interact with a lot of people, and so many people tell me, uh, especially parents, some of the same things. They want their kids to be happy, they want them to be healthy, they want them to be successful, they want them to do whatever makes them happy. You know, all of those kind of cliche sentences that we know are true. We absolutely know that parents want those things. Um, but the question is, you know, kids today are bombarded, literally bombarded by um, influences on the outside, right? Because of social media, because of just technology in general, because of the people that they hang out with. There's just so much that our kids are constantly getting hit with today. And when we look at our own lives, when we say we want our kids to be happy and we want them to be healthy, well, let's start first with the whole healthy portion. So we want our kids to be healthy. And what does that mean? We hope that they're not sick. They hope that they're not injured at all. We hope that they're able to do everything that they want to do and don't necessarily have limitations um, of doing those things because of their health. So here's question number one. And yes, it's a little personal. I get it. But do you live that lifestyle? Are you hindered by things that um, your health don't allow you to do? Um, And look, There are some things that we cannot control. Um, And I'll I'll use myself as an example. When I was 17 years old, I was pulling out of an intersection on Route 15 in New Jersey. I was crossing over the highway. I was crossing over the uh, northbound side to go to the southbound side. And when I did that, I did not see a car coming up a hill on a dark, gloomy night. Um, in which the street light at the intersection was not working. I did not see a car coming at me, and they wound up broadsiding me at 65 miles an hour. And, um, you know, I was in a little red Dodge Daytona, and uh, it was a, a Jeep Wrangler that hit me and hit me directly into my driver's side door. And I can tell you that that moment absolutely changed my life. Um, I was all ready to go into the military. Um, I had wanted to be a police officer. I had no intention to go into college at the time. Um, uh, my dad, uh, was a chief ranger growing up as a kid and I wanted to work in law enforcement and in a split second, my whole life changed. And I didn't realize it actually at that time, because at that time, um, everyone around me just said, no, 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 you're going to heal. You're going to be fine. You're going to be able to do whatever you want to do. And, you know, because of, of that, I wound up uh, breaking the ball right off my femur uh, in my hip. And in order to repair that, the surgeons had to put a plate, a pin, and four screws. And uh, I remember all the way, you know, everything was fine. I continued to talk to the recruiter. Everything was good. There was no problems whatsoever. And then I remember all of a sudden, it was February of my senior year. 
And I remember the recruiter coming in and, you know, he actually came into the school that day to talk to other uh, students as well. And I remember walking up to him and be like, Hey, what's going on? And I was still on crutches. So that accident happened in September. I was still on crutches in, um, until April actually, but this was in February. And I remember he kind of blew me off and I was like, wait, this guy was so like into me joining the military and doing, you know, achieving all these goals that I had. And I remember walking up to him and say, Hey man, what's going on? Like, I'm so excited for this. And he wrote, he said to me, yeah, he's like, um, well, yeah, you'll be good to go, man. Don't worry. The only thing is you just have to get all that hardware out of your leg. And I remember looking at him and saying, um, I can't like, that is a part of me now. I, I don't have the ability to do that. And he looked right at me and he said, well, then unfortunately this might be a case of thanks, but no thanks because you would be a liability now to the government. So you would not be able to enlist. And I remember being shattered. My whole world that I had intended to happen changed. Um, So, you know, there are things that, that occur that you have no control of. Right. And then to make it more interesting, after five years of having that plate and pin and four screws inside of me, Um, the ball of my femur actually died. It's called avascular necrosis. And I had no choice but to get a hip replacement at the age of 22. So that was a big early shock to, to my life. So there are things that happen that you can't control, but there are also things within your health that you absolutely have control over. Um, your activity level, your exercise level, your, you know, what you eat, um, what your nutrition consists of, how much sleep do you get? Um, and, and, you know, how do you manage your stress? All of those things. So while there are many things, whether it's an illness there, you know, there's so many amazing people I know that have battled cancer. These were things that these were curveballs that came at them that they never, ever expected. But there are also so many things that you can control. And the question is, if we want our kids to grow up to be healthy, and we know that a large percentage of their health is going to be dictated on you know their uh, on their personal choices, right? Their self-inflicted choices. Then, are we showing them that it is possible to stick with those choices and be successful at it? And I don't mean you know crash dieting. I don't mean anything like that. But I mean just consistent healthiness, consistent activity levels, consistently building exercise into your weeks consistently eating healthy, consistently getting enough sleep? Are we living the life or modeling the life that we are hoping that our kids have one day? Um, And if we're not, then someone else is going to model that for them. And look, you know, as parents, we know there's only so much influence that we we have, especially in today's world of of media and technology. But you want to give them that foundation to be able to, to do that. And on the other side of it, it's also being happy. And, you know, in the social media world that we live in today, everything uh, or everyone wants to make everything look perfect, right? The pictures that people post on Facebook or on Instagram are perfect, where people are traveling to, how their life is just amazing, um, the new superfood that they're eating that they love that's made them lose 10 pounds. And when that camera goes off for so many people, the happiness gets turned off too because their real life is actually very different than what they're portraying online. But in the home and when our kids see what our lives are like, they're not just getting the snapshots of 
reels or stories or pictures on social media and then judging that to assess how their life is or how our life is as, as parents. They see us all the time. And look, I know as parents, we're always under an incredible amount of stress. We always try to put on the good face and to um, you know make it look like we've got this, everything's under control. But I can tell you right now, kids aren't stupid. All right, kids may not indicate that they know, but so many times they do. So when it comes to being happy, the question is, what makes you happy? And you know what's funny? For so many people, you ask you know someone what makes them happy, and so many times their answer is, oh, if I just had a million dollars, I'd be fine. But it's not. That brings in a whole other slew of problems, um, and we see it every day. We see someone that wins the lottery, and you know the, the happiest moment for them is most probably the day that they cash the check and the day they make their first purchase, and after that, um, it becomes a nightmare. And so many people wind up actually committing suicide that wind up winning the lottery because their lives are completely upheaved. But for other people, being happy means doing the things that I want to do. It's not just about money. And oftentimes the things that we want to do involve money, but so many times it's just being able to do the things that we want to do, uh, whether it's be with our families, whether it's start a business and actually make it grow, whether it is, you know, part of what makes me happy is being healthy and being able to, you know, utilize exercise and uh, nutrition to make myself happy. Uh, That's just something for me, it's extremely important. But if you're going to define success as happiness, then you really have to come to the conclusion as to what makes you happy. And, you know, if every person, it's going to be completely different. For every child, it's different. Some kids would make them happy, happier than anything is to, you know, win the football championship for their team. Another child, it's to, you know, uh, compete and become an excellent uh, pianist or something like that. Like there's so many things that make people happy. But in the end, right, the thing that, the one thing that we can do that leads to happiness is understanding our own level of persistence. You know, recently, one of my recent podcasts, I talked about are grades really indicative of a child's future success? And the studies are showing grades have nothing to do with it, nothing at all. It's their personality and their perseverance that has to do whether or not a person can be successful. And again, as I said in that podcast, the definition of success varies from person to person, but it's about staying uh, persistent, staying consistent. That is the key to everything. And, you know, again, I'll use myself as an example. Um, after I wound up breaking my hip and finding out that I could not uh, go into the military, I remember it was a quick shift because I actually remember my dad and, you know, um, love him dearly, but he kind of gave me some tough love. And his response was, okay, well then what's the plan? And I was like, you know, can I just have a second to wallow in my sorrow? And, you know, he kind of gave me that. But at the same time, he was like, so Mike, you got to figure out what you're going to do then. And for me at the time, I was so into lifting and fitness that the thing that I fell back on was, well, I'll go to school for exercise physiology. That's what I want to be able to do. And, you know, that was my goal then to, to become happy. But what I've learned in my life is that life is about consistency and consistent pivots, which is so, so important. If we aren't consistently pivoting um, for what, number one, will make us happy, number two, what is actually working, we're not going to succeed. 
And we want our kids to see this. We want our kids to see that we can be persistent and do something. Um, I don't care. And again, using myself as an example, um, when I was probably, I guess, in my late 30s, right around 40, um, I'd been a musician for a long time. I wanted to go in the studio and start recording some of the songs that I had written, which was, you know, a lot of fun. Uh, it made me happy. And did any of those songs become uh, platinum albums? No, not at all. But it made me happy to be able to create. Um, fast forward years later, um, I actually worked in the financial world for a very long time. And people don't realize this, but um, I actually worked in the student loan industry uh, for about a decade. And when um, the Obamacare bill was passed, in order for the bill to pass, they had to show $4 billion in savings in that first year. And the way that they did that was they eliminated banks um, and student loan lenders from being able to do student loans. So in the past, you used to be able to do your Stafford loans um, and things like that all in, at your local bank, whether it was PNC Bank, Chase Bank, um, a nonprofit lender, or even someone like Sally May. Um, you used to be able to do your loans through them. And then all of a sudden, in the Obamacare bill was passed, the ability to do that, it was called the uh, FELP law, um, they, they got rid of the FELP program. So now everything had to go directly through the Treasury. So when that happened, me and 30,000 of my closest friends that I had been, and I had been working in the industry for you know a decade, suddenly all lost our jobs because all of a sudden banks couldn't do student loans anymore. And you had to pivot. So I had built a successful career in that industry and had to pivot. And literally, I was finishing my MBA at the time and wound up working in healthcare. And I, in true transparency, I figured that I'd be working in healthcare for three months until I found a quote unquote real job. And guess what? It's been 13 years now and I'm still working in healthcare and have been able to make a career out of that. Um, back in 2017, I had to, I wanted to pivot again. I wanted to make myself happy and, and be happy and build a business. And that's where MindFit, uh, you know, really it came to be. Um, then in 2020, COVID hit and MindFit, the physical location of MindFit had to close. Um, and, you know, that was, that was devastating. Uh, obviously it was a, a huge financial loss, but it was also, you know, you, you built something that you just put your blood, sweat, and tears in for years, um, you know, working 18 hour days every day, um, you know, for as long as you can remember, and then suddenly watching something disappear. But once again, you have to be able to pivot because I knew that pivoting, I knew that if I just walked away from it and never did anything with it again, I would not be happy. So even though it was a failure, and I hate to say this guys, but your kids have to see you fail because if you don't fail um, or you don't, if they don't see that you fail, they're going to assume that life is only full of successes and not understand why they fail when they fail. And look, I have failed many times in my life, but every time I fail, I think of what is probably my favorite quote of all time. Um, and everyone who knows me is probably smiling at this point, uh, which is from the movie Rocky Balboa and Rocky's talking to his son uh, because his son is upset because he feels like his life, you know, he's living in the shadow of his father and he just can't create his own life. And Rocky says, you know, the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are. It will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. 
It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. So it's okay. It's okay to fail. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to do those things. But after that happened, you have to pivot again. Um, or I had to pivot again. And that's where the release of the book, The MindFit Method, came from. And now uh, I'm seeing how that is growing and where that's going and a homeschool program and things like that. But once again, I'm pivoting again. And I'm working with another company who, frankly, does unbelievable STEM programs. And I'm so excited to be part of what they're doing as well and really help expose um, what they're doing to as many kids as possible. Um through talents and skills that I've acquired over the years in the world of business. So now that is what makes me happy. So it's not that happiness is a goal in the end. Happiness is forever changing, but we have to continue to strive. We have to stay consistent. We have to be persistent. We need a hell of a lot of tenacity to be able to keep pushing in this world. Because if we are going to show our kids that they can be successful in being happy and being healthy, right? Let's just say success is being happy and being healthy. So if they can be achieve that success, they can model it in a way off of what they see you do. And it's not that you're not going to make mistakes. You're going to make plenty. It's not that you're, gonna, you're not going to fail. You're going to fail. And you're going to have to pivot on a regular basis. But don't be afraid to show them all that of happiness, um, of being healthy, and of really trying to reach your goals, fight for your goals. You know, someone said to me the other day that, uh, you know, exercise was such a a chore and it was such, you know, such a pain for them to try to do. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, God, exercise is an opportunity, but it's also a gift, right? There are tons of people that cannot exercise for one reason or another. I was in that boat. I was on crutches for Nine months when I broke my leg because my bone would not fuse um, until I received a special device and the insurance company wouldn't approve it after, you know, six, eight months. It was ridiculous. But there was so much time in my life where I couldn't do anything. And then there's been other times in my life where I absolutely had the ability to do whatever I wanted. I could do any exercise that I wanted to do. And I didn't because I was at a funk in my life. And, you know, you're going to hit those, but you got to turn it around. You got to start clawing up again and saying, okay, well, this is where I, I used to be. And, and that's the other thing. Don't always look back and be like, ah, oh, that was me back then. And it was so great. Let me tell you something. As we get older, there is nothing uh, in some ways similar to what I can do now to what I could do when I was in my 20s. But there's also a lot of things that I can do now that I couldn't do in my 20s. And whether it's health, whether it's fitness, um, anything. So yes, it, again, it's about the power of the pivot. And if you can't pivot on a regular basis, you've got to teach yourself to be able to do that. You've got to teach yourself it's okay to pivot, that it's okay to fail, but that it's also okay to celebrate the successes when you hit them. I know you can do this. And it's so important for us to attack life like that because we need our kids to see that consistency, see that persistency, and be able to model themselves after it. Hey everyone, you may notice that I don't run any ads in my podcast. I do that on purpose because I want to make sure it's about getting the message of stronger minds and smarter bodies through the MindFit Method out to the world. But if you could do us a favor and try to help us become a top 100 podcast by sharing this on your social media, I would forever be grateful. Thanks so much, guys. And until next time.